Hi everyone, welcome to Identify Yourself, the podcast in which we investigate what makes up our cultural identities in an increasingly diverse and connected society. Welcome back to Identify Yourself. Today we have a very exciting guest in the live studio, which is my living room. Today we're talking about hybrid identity with Ronnie Lee. Hello. Everyone, give us a give us a, a cheer, guys! <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank and you. And Ronnie, it was recently announced on What's on Stage that Ronnie is going into Harry Potter and the Cursed Child in London's West End, Yay. the very West End. How does it feel, Ronnie, to be going into the West End? Mad. 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 Yeah, mad. Yeah. Mad thing, yeah. as Bobby Little Crazy. Would say. Shout out, Bobs. Crazy. <laughs> Crazy. I said, Bobby, Bobby. Bobby, as in Bobby. Bobby. As in Bobby. As in, Bobby. Bobby. as in mad Bobby. As in like crazy Bobby. Amy Little Bobby. Yeah, man. Amazing Bobby. <laughs> um, um, yeah, it's exciting. So, and we've also got Abby. Hi. Back in the Hi, back, back to input. So, Ronnie, can you identify yourself for me? Yes, uh, I am Ronnie Lee. I'm a 23-year-old. They're originally from Stoke on Trent. I'm born from Stoke on Trent. My mum was born in Malaysia but her parents were immigrated from Hong Kong during the war. And my dad is born from Hong Kong, born and bred. And then they both moved to England. So my dad moved when he was around around 16, I'd like to say. Just before Hong Kong wasn't under the British Empire? Um, Like the Commonwealth? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, So we basically just moved over so we could work here, basically, and have like a British passport or whatever. And then my dad moved, my mum moved over late 20s. Oh, wow. Yeah, so yeah, did yeah. they know each other before? No, or... so they met through a mutual friend, it's mutual work friends. And then they met and married within like three months. How amazing. So Yeah, man, crazy. What? Wow. Yeah, man, three months. Met, met and married in three months. Oh my God, yeah. seal the deal. Yeah, man. Click. So, wait, so your, did your mum move from, because you said they both moved from Hong Kong, but or did your mum yeah, move so, from... Yeah, so, no, so my mum, my mum's, my so my nan and granddad moved to Malaysia from Hong Kong oh. and then my mum was born in Malaysia so then their whole family so my whole mum's side is now Malay so I've got like loads of aunties who are actually like born and bred Malaysian and then I've got an, uh, a Malay an Indian Malaysian auntie as well oh, wow. that was born into a Chinese Cantonese family so yeah it's like well then Malaysia you'd find that like there's loads of, like mixed cultures anyway and it's all complicated yeah but would she do you think she'd say she's Malaysian then yeah she would say she would say she's Malaysian straight up Oh, so and I, then I would also say that I'm half Malaysian because my mum has always said that she's Malaysian. Yeah, even yeah, yeah. though like her family is actually. But realistically, Hong. I am just fully Cantonese. Like, right. like if I really look into it, yeah, because it all just goes back. If you do the like spit in the tubey thing, you yeah. know, like <laughs> genetically, I really want to do I that. I want to do it too. I'm really interested. I'll probably just find I'm, I'm like Norwegian or something like that still, because everyone's fucking Norwegian. <laughs> <in the family. laughs> um, but yeah, it's a bit crazy. Yeah. So, but you, but you yourself, are you like proper stuck on Trent? Yeah, like I would, I would identify myself as Cantonese and Stoke, Stoke first, and then people are like, no, but where are you really from? And I'm like, <sighs> China, yeah, whatever, Hong Kong. Right. Okay. That's just what, that's what you want to hear. Yeah. That's really what you want to yeah, hear. Yeah, yeah. It's really weird, actually, because I was, I remember one time in Stoke, I got, um, I think I ordered a taxi or something, or I got into a taxi and I was chatting to the guy a bit, a bit of bants, whatever, like, you know, easy, like, what, 15 minute journey. And then got to the end, he turned around, he's like, oh, it's like, what, seven, what, however much it was, it was like seven quid. I was like, oh yeah, cheers, mate. He was like, oh shit, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't put your face to that accent because he didn't look back the whole entire time. And I was like, well, yeah, 
I, I was born here, mate. Like, I don't understand mean? what he was trying to imply, get, yeah, like, or get from that statement. Weird, it's right? like, uh, and sorry. I got the same. I got the same <laughs> when I was working in co-op as well. When I was in, uh, when I had the, when I was working during college, I had the same thing happen to me in co-op. And he was looking at me, and and so he he came to the counter, and I was like, oh, how are you, mate? And then he was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't expect that accent to come out of you. And I was like, oh, okay, that's kind of rude, but yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> Here's a 5 p bag. It's, 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 it's straight up racist. It's but... so funny, though, because that question, it's like, well, where are you really from? Yeah. Is almost like questioning your place in the country that you call home. Yeah, in. yeah. I like the question, so if anybody's listening to this and wants to know a, a, a nice way to say it, yeah. I'd like, I, I prefer, um, watch, where's your ethnic background? Mm. If you want to know, just straight up to the point, I don't find that offensive. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. I know what you're trying to get at. But if everyone's like, where are you from? I automatically assume they are talking about my accent. Yeah. Especially down here. Yeah. Yeah. And where you've been in home. What? Yeah, What's where that? I find home, yeah. Ooh. Annoying, but it is one of the things of life, isn't it? It is just one of them things that yeah. you just sit and deal with. But yeah, man, cool. <laughs> yeah, man, cool. It's What's fine. Next? It's fine. Um, okay, let's let's kick off the questions properly. Um, to what degree have you taken on your parents' cultural identity? <clears throat> not a lot, I have to admit. Uh, well, I say not a lot, um, but this is from a personal point of view because I think my my mum and dad are very very heavily cultured. They they love it. They they're all about like um, uh, family orientation, which I am still about family. But it was when I was hit, like around puberty time. Yeah, I was very very curious and and. And I, I re, like, the Western like, white world. I say that in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, really intrigued me, and 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 for some reason, and I really wanted to 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 explore. So I was out all the time talking to people and, <clears throat> and like, ex like I guess like exploring myself in some senses. But um, at that point in my life, my 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 parents and me didn't have a good relationship because they they were like, oh, you're losing your Chinese like um roots and 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 blah 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 and, and all this so um coming from that point of view i think i, I didn't take a lot in but now as i'm older i, I think i i kind of regret it but at the same time i think i did take a lot because like i love you know going for dim, dim sum with with my family yeah. I, I love it and like you know, like meals like i prefer to have lots of dishes around and have a carb dish and share everything. Yeah. Whereas, obviously, normally, like you go to the pub, you have your own dish, and nobody touches your food. Well, even till this day, when when I go out to eat with my family in like a pub or something, if we all have something different, we all like take a bit of each other's, yeah. and like, we throw a bit over there and whatever, and share everything. Just because, like, you might as well, like, you want to try everything. It's funny, small things like that, though, that you think, even when you've gone, like, no, I'm gonna forge my own identity, and I'm gonna be, you know. From Stoke, yeah, because man. that's where I'm from. Yeah. Even little things drip yeah. down. That I don't conscious, I'm not consciously aware of, yeah. I think. Abby was like praising on the, when you talked about dim sum. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to Din Tai Fung for my birthday because it's in like two weeks. They don't let you reserve tables, so I'm so annoyed. Do you guys know like good dim sum places in London? Because I, I literally don't go, ever go because it's so, so expensive to go on my own. Din Tai Fung has just opened in, it's like in Chinatown, isn't it? Yeah, oh, it's in Covent Garden. It's not really oh, in God, China. Go. Oh, really? Let's all go. We should all go, because it's gonna, so much cheaper if we go, go for a group. You could, we're going to like restart this podcast when we're in Din Tai Fung. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> um, Can you speak Cantonese? I can speak fluent Cantonese, because my mum doesn't speak English very well. She does a little bit. 
from that very well. Oh, really? So, yeah, my, so my mother tongue is Cantonese. Oh. So yeah, so English is my second language. No way. So, but, so did you grow up, you must have grown up quite immersed in Cantonese culture then, like, yeah. as in like as, around Cantonese As a very, people. very, as a toddler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, up until about the age of like um, 11, 12. Is there like a strong, like a big Cantonese community near where you're from in Stoke? Mm, that your parents no. kind of created? No, actually. How did they, like, create I, this microclimate for you? I don't you? know. I don't know, honestly. Well, this is why I found, I, I find that I find this sub- subject hardest to answer because our community was so small. It was it was just the four of us, a few cousins here and there, a couple of family family friends and stuff. And then once in a blue moon, we'd get together with a shitload of Chinese people that I've never met before. And I'd be like, hello, hello. Hello, hello. And then just a bunch of random kids that like were all just forced there to like, you know, play because we're Chinese and like, you know, it's good to um, have Chinese friends. But, uh, oh, wait, shit. When I was in secondary school, my mum and dad enrolled me and my sister to a Chinese school to like learn how to write Chinese. Because I speak Chinese, but I can't write Chinese. And there was a big community there. So I met so I met a few people there uh, from them mainly from Stoke and they've all like moved away. And I still keep in contact with some of them actually. They might actually listen to this if I plug it. <clears throat> Which would be cool. Repping Shout guys. out. Repping. Do you find you experience a clash of cultures within your identity? Uh, yes. Yes and, and no. I find it um <laughs> Yes, because I I think I I like to see myself. I don't like to see myself, but I met I met somebody who was quite similar like me and explained it really well. We we are bananas, so we're yellow on the outside but white on the inside. Oh, that's so funny because they used to um, they used to call me egg at school. Right. Because I mean, white like, on the outside, yellow on the inside. Yeah, yeah white on the outside, yellow on the inside. I mean, that's you know not the most politically correct statement, but what? like they were saying, because basically I used to study a lot at school, oh. and that's a trait typically yeah. associated with you know Singaporeans in Asian culture, yeah. and you know that people are really hardworking and very driven to yeah, achieve yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. a certain grade. Yeah. And I had friends at school who were kind of not fucked, but I yeah, was, was determined. Yeah, I remember because I took I took the international baccalaureate. Yeah, and they held it's basically it scored out of forty five. Yeah, and they held the forty five up as like, you know, your ultimate goal. Your goal was to get full marks. Yeah, that was your yeah your like life's ambition at this yeah, point. Man. So that's what I did. I you know woke up. I moved a desk into the middle of my room to remind me to study as soon as I woke up in the morning. So there were cue cards on my desk. That I would do as soon as I wake up. My mum, you, if you, if you're my mum's daughter, she would be the proudest. Oh, but that's what I mean. So they used to call me Egg, and I. That's used, crazy. I had a friend. Um, Alina's gonna laugh at this. I've, uh, my friend Alina, she was gonna come over to my house for um, like a study sleepover. You know, so we. Yeah, 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 yeah. Studying and then go to bed and study more in the Sounds morning. Sounds so much fun. And uh, yeah, <laughs> I would rock and roll. Um, and her mum was like, "Oh, like white girl. I don't know if oh, that really? you should be spending time with her. Like you've got exams coming up. Like I get it. I get it's it. It's really important that you yeah. focus. And like, what is this white girl going to be a bad influence on you? And it's funny because my color had certain implications about the kind of person I would be. Yeah, but of course." 
So like, how did you, you know, take that? So anything. how old were you when you when when you heard this? And how did you affect 17, it? Seventeen, eighteen. How did that affect you? Because surely from that age, I did just, it not at all? I just was kind of like, it's funny that that's kind of the perception of me based on my color, because you know, like, yeah, it would be that white people aren't as focused, dedicated, aren't as dedicated, and, yeah. aren't as studious. Which, which, like you know, bear with everybody who is of Caucasian color. That is the perception of white people in in a large part of the culture like yeah but just because that is just a prejudiced opinion um but also i feel like there's a very different um outlook you know in terms of school systems towards what is good education yeah what is um success yeah you know i feel like there's a very stringent view of success yeah. in of asian countries especially growing up in singapore that's what i found yeah. you know you get the highest grade you can. Yeah, man. You get into an amazing uni. Try and get into you know. That's all literally my cousins. Yeah. Um, get a job that is um, financially stable. Stable. Yeah. Exactly. Marks, so yeah. being being an actor, like setting up an art school in Singapore, and so because I went to an art school. Yeah. And they set it up not to create artists necessarily, but just to create creative thinkers. Yeah. Because the country has a history of like Lung by Rope. Yeah. Um. And so, even at art school, a lot of parents didn't want their kids to go into the arts because of its instability. They wanted a creative education yeah. to then be able to execute sciences better and execute architecture better yeah, and so execute, true. you know, I think... Well, I think that's, that, that's, that's another point. I think, um, growing up as well, I think I've always known that I've wanted to be in the arts. And I think up until a certain point, my parents were just like, oh, you do what you need to do. Like, this is just going to be a side thing. Not knowing that I know, like, nah, man, like, I, I want to do this. Um, and then when it came to, came to me, not even going to drama school, like just auditioning, going down to audition for drama yeah. school, they were very, very sceptical about it. Oh, really? Like, they, they, ne- they, they, they nearly stopped me from going to audition because they were so unsure about me pursuing this seriously. Um, it's a scary career choice. Yeah, of it course, is. of course. But coming from a background where their parents um, were so hard on them, on top of the fact that they didn't have the educational, like, um, what's the word for it? They didn't have the opportunities that yeah. we have now in in, in England, or whatever. That 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 people in Asia don't get. Like, like it's so expensive over there to like study and and like they pay so much to like push and push and push and we get it for free we get it all for free and they they were like oh do you, do you seriously want to not not take this opportunity and take advantage of this free education like do you not, not want to work a little bit harder but then like obviously you know convince them or whatever and then so on and so forth yeah i mean university is not cool. free pardon you i mean university is yeah. not free yeah um but well, yeah. we didn't, I didn't go to university no so it's I'm true like, cool, I know right? I'm like Christiana um, I know drum school all the way wait, 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 wait. Um, but no yeah so that was really interesting but yeah. I eventually um, but so basically how we managed to have this study sleepover right, right, yeah. was my friend Alina told her mum my grades and once her mum knew my it's, grades it's so bad. It's so then bad. she was allowed yeah. to come it's so bad that that is, that's, that is what it took for but but it's interesting to have been on the other side of prejudice. You know what I mean? Mm. I think it's a, it was a really beneficial experience growing up as a minority and being like, oh, those are the perceptions that people have about yeah. me and yeah. the implications of my skin. 
and you know that so it opened up your eyes a little bit absolutely more. and you know I was like I was I was there like just because I'm a certain colour doesn't mean I fit into a certain mould and you know which is not the part of the conversation that as a white woman you're usually on usually which you're not, not even, yeah just a truly understanding experience. yeah no I get that how would you define being British um being passive as fuck really yeah man you know when people are like like ask you a question and then you just feel too rude to like say no and things like that like just walking here right there was a woman in front of me and the path was too narrow for me to walk past but she was walking bare slow and i didn't want to like her to feel uncomfortable so i like started walking almost in a slow mo and it was only us two on the street so i just all started walking really really slow to try to get to a little like a wider path so i can like walk past her and stuff and then i heard a story the other day that somebody um somebody was dropping a bag off and then their rehearsal room was the end of the corridor yeah and the company manager was like oh you, you need to you're, you're in the end room and then he was like oh thank you so then he ended up going to the rehearsal room then coming back to drop his bag off to then go back to the rehearsal room i think that's very very british i i worry that that is rubbing off on me do you think that kind of like don't complain just accept like what's you know smiling i don't know whether that like oh I, this the other day and i don't know whether i was having there were like two incident incidences and I don't know if it's because, like, the kind of culture of, like, just accept what is occurring and just, like, uh, yeah, I don't know if that's rubbing off on me or I was just kind of having a bit of a passive day myself. Um, but there were two incidences. I went to um, a restaurant with my boyfriend mm. and I ordered a brownie and I asked the woman, I was like, I wasn't sure if I wanted it. And I asked the woman, is this a good brownie? Like, is it, am I going to... Is this brownie going to be worth it? Okay. Okay, looks fine. Stick my spoon into the brownie and it was hard. Rock hard. You cannot end your eye. Right? Unacceptable brownie. My boyfriend was like, just say something so that you can at least have like the prize not yeah. Like you're not eating it. Like, and I was like, oh, but I've been given it and that's what it is. Like, that's what I ordered. And I was just like, I was like, I don't know if this is British culture rubbing off on me. Well, going back to the haircut thing, I think that's the mo- where it becomes the most consistent, especially for like, a bar- if you go to a barber's and like, you ha- get your head all buzzed off, whatever, and then they show you, the- they-, they give you the mirror, they do a side and like, yeah, man, that's all cool, bro. Like, yeah, that's sweet. I walk out, I was like, I'm absolutely like freezing my tits. I've got, I've got no hair. Like, I, like this, this is what happened to me the, the, the other week, last time I had my hair cut. And then Ruby came home and then she was like, what has happened? Where has it all gone? And I had to just, just to deal with it for two weeks. For two weeks? Yeah. Oh, it must have been horrible. Oh, two no, whole yeah. weeks. <laughs> I just find like men get their hair cut so often. Literally, yeah, I've been trying to grow my hair since I came out of the womb. Oh, for real? Like, seriously. <laughs> really? Poor Abby. Abby's just left for babysitting and she's been replaced by Melissa. Um, hey. we, could have, we could have showed them that whole thing and pretended that you were Abby. Then pretended yeah. that you were Abby. <laughs> let's, let's just see who, who let's would have see picked who up on it. Is. I know, but... Um, yeah, no, she went and got a haircut and they cut it so that, you know, like, you tip your hair down and, like, like it's around you. So you, you're not looking in the mirror. You're, like, your head is down. Yeah. And they, like, cut it off. And then so they, like, they were like, okay, and flip your hair back up. And she, like, looked in the mirror and it was so much shorter than she wanted. And she just started... 
crying and then because they were like straightening it out they kept cutting more off and she was like no no more like no more off no mm-hmm. more off and they kept just like keep, but he was like but oh, i need God. to straighten it but all she could see was like them cutting more off yeah. and she came back and she was like i look like a mushroom but in really some nice. senses though if you get your hair cut and you don't like it what are you gonna do stick it back on do you know what I mean? Like, it's off now. It's true, though. That is true. It's really traumatic, though, because I feel mm. like your hair is a big part of your identity. Oh, my gosh. My, if Wait, we circled back to identity. Yay! <laughs> Do you have a favourite Cantonese or Malaysian tradition custom or meal? Dim sum. Straight up. Yeah? What's Straight your favourite thing to order? Uh, I like... Uh, I don't actually know what it's called. The It's um, deep-fried squid that's in the sweet and sour sauce. I think it's called um is what my parents call it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. That's my all-time growing up favourite. But uh, what about Chinese New Year? Oh man, yeah, I love Chinese New Year when I'm with my family. If I'm not with my family, I don't really like do. I I do a little bit. I'm like, yeah, wear a bit of red and like you know. And then I say like I know that I I try to see my family a little bit before. Chinese New Year because it's, it's around my birthday at the same time. So then I save all the red, red envelopes, the laces, and then I put them away. And then on Chinese New Year, I open up. So I, I feel like I'm part, like I'm with my family, and I go, oh yeah, Happy New Year. And then I try to go go for a Chinese meal, and that's it. But then if I'm with my family, like if I'm with like if I'm in Asia, now nah, we go hard. Yeah. We go hard. We go like do the festival shit and like the dragons and like and stuff. Basically, people dress like have so there's like a lion costume, and then like two or three people dress up in him, and then like. Um, acrobat the more acrobatic dancers or, or performers whatever they do like really cool stuff with them they like so jump amazing. off like loads of poles and stuff and like do like flicks and oh man it's sick it's yeah. like proper like big but um there's like loads of music and like they do like this like almost ritual where obviously there's people in the dragon dances but like they do like you know how like snake charmers do like do that stuff and like they, they like make the snake dance with like yeah the, I, I don't know if that's an actual thing but the one that you see on telly um mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing but like with like drums and like loads of like one thing i used to find about lion dance though is it would be amazing during like you know when you're celebrating chinese new year but then when you walked past your 12th lion dance (laughs) of the season and it's like you're trying to just like walk on the street and there's this like it's loud they have like symbols and And firecrackers like loads like yeah man very invasive (laughs) yeah but then in asia that holiday lasts for like a good like week ages it lasts for ages but then here it's like oh it happens for like four hours in london that's it do you find people perceive you differently to how you perceive yourself absolutely man absolutely so uh he's a good story so my good friend cameron he's my housemate um we first day of school first day at lane and the he told me that the first thing that he said to me was this guy's gonna be sick at ballet that's the first thing that he said to me. the first thing that he thought because i'm asian i've got a slim body i've got like that, that kind of physique and that was just his impression of me and i was like nah like i'm i that's what i dance probably like two years before that point mm-hmm. so I was terrible at it I was terrible at it at all and I think everyone thinks that I'm gonna be like really geeky and like really like uh like like really try hardy but in an annoying way you know like you know when people like latch on that is a huge assumption that based on someone's skincare but this, yeah, is, but this is, is just what I think this is what I think people yeah. think of me. I don't actually know because I am yeah. I know that I'm a big personality I know I'm I'm, I'm like like I feel a big hole like in in some circles and 
I'm loud and, and like I'm chatty and, and like I try to like make like do you know what I mean like I'm gest gestureful but I think of myself as but I think be, I, I am that because I was bullied a little bit I wasn't like really really badly bullied but yeah. back in school time like it, it was inevitable like the Asian kid just got bullied that, that just was the case yeah um, and I was the only one at school but the whole the whole entire school Bob and when my sister came I was the only Asian kid in the school. So that was somewhat hard. So I remember a time when I was just walking home from school, I was on my own. Chinky, chinky, chinky. Man, that was hard. That, that, I remember I ran home in tears and then like, I stopped around the corners just so like dry my eyes out so that my mum wouldn't, wouldn't know. Um, and there was, um, oh, damn, there was another time Oh no, well, the point I was trying to make was because of that, I think has made me become into a person where I want people to like me. So for me to do that, I channel it through performing and, and making people laugh and making people giggle and making people like feel good about themselves. And that's how I subconsciously get people to like me. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that's how, I know I've completely gone off the, the question of no. what you asked, but um, I think what I, I, yeah. Um, oh, people are, you know I mean? people are, you could choose to cut this one up, but I have a similar story like that. I'm not going to tell it because I will probably tell it on another podcast episode, mm -hmm. but yeah. Well, it's yeah. interesting, isn't it? Yeah, like, very but, interesting. But then at the same time saying this, like, yeah, oh, it's so sad. Oh, I've only got bullied. It's made me who I am today. And mm. I, I, don't, I don't regret it at all. Like, like, thanks man. Like, cause I'm in town now. Do you know what I mean? Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm about to be on the way. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's cool. It, like, it's cool. Like, I'm literally living my dream now, and and what? And I, I, I think I would root it to them little Those moments situations. that yeah. that, that I really felt vulnerable and, and attacked because of my skin and 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 I know for that point at that point in my life I, I didn't speak a word. I wouldn't dare like you know say the wrong thing or like look at the wrong person the wrong way or step on anybody's toes or whatever. Mm. But our society is so different. I'm like, fuck you all. Yeah. <laughs> I have an interesting subject that you might want to talk about. Yeah. That you, I don't think you would have thought about. Uh huh. Relationships. Uh huh. Coming from an Asian boy. So, my nan before she passed, you know, rest in peace, whatever. Um, I went over, you know. <laughs> um. So it was in no. my. <laughs> Why was that funny? Um Rest in peace, whatever. <laughs> it's so, it's so hilarious. So I'm in my second year, I uh, it was my birthday. I remember it really, really well. It was my on my birthday. My mum rang me. Happy birthday! Can you fly to China on Tuesday? My nan fell really, really ill, and I remember seeing her, and she was like, you know, really ill, and she was basically on her deathbed. And um, I sat down next to her, and I was like, Oh, how are you? Blah blah blah. She was like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing she said was. Um, <clears throat> just do me a big favor and just bring just just bring back a nice Cantonese girl. That's 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 what she said to me. And I was like, man, like the only Cantonese girl that I know in England is my sister. <laughs> that's not gonna happen. Other than your ethnic and or national identity, what is the thing that you think most defines you? Dancers. Yeah. Dancers. I feel the most comfortable around dancers. Obviously, performers as a big umbrella, but specifically dancers. I feel like I just, I just understand how they think, why they think, 
why they say, why they speak, why they do a lot more. Maybe because I spent so long, so intensely in that kind of social bubble, maybe that is why, but I think that would be one. Thank you all so much for listening to our wee interview with Ronnie here. Um, Thank you for having me, honestly. No, it's been a gift, a pleasure to have your precious time in the midst of your Harry Potter rehearsal. Oh, stop it. Plug, 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 plug. Come see the show. (laughs) Keep secrets. Hashtag keep secrets. secrets. Um, Right, bye guys, I'm going to say bye. Bye. You have been listening to Identify Yourself with me, Clancy Ryan, and guest Ronnie Lee with additional voices from Melissa Lowe and Abby Ryan. Music is by Melissa Lowe. Hope you have a lovely week. Bye, guys. Also, 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 I forgot. Please, please go to our Instagram, Identify Yourself Pod, and follow us for all the updates on what we're up to. And please, if you're on Apple Podcasts, rate, review and subscribe because it helps other people find the podcast and makes me feel socially gratified. Thanks guys, bye!